What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of A Need to Read. You notice I didn't tell you what number episode it is, because before every episode, I have to keep checking which episode I've done. And it really doesn't matter, because you can see which number it is when you're downloading it or it's downloaded. So that's something I'm putting a stop to. I do have a confession to make. Now, when I first started this podcast, I likened a Kindle to a fleshlight. I said that a Kindle is to a book what a fleshlight is to a vagina. Now, if you don't know what a fleshlight is, have a little Google um, and you'll find out. If you don't know what a Kindle is, a Kindle is pretty much a book, but it's electric and you can download loads of books on it. I've bought a Kindle and I've been reading on it for the last week and I feel like I've sold out a little bit. But I have now tested the Kindle, so at least I know what I'm talking about now. And it is going to be great for when I manage to escape the country again or wherever I'm on my travels so I don't have to lug all my books around because that will probably take up a lot of space in my bag. So that's a positive of it. But right now, whilst I'm at home, whilst I'm in England, I'm going to stick to reading proper books and the Kindle will serve me another time. But I just felt that I needed to own up to that because I feel like a fraud because uh, obviously I gave Kindle so much shit to begin with. Now, uh, if you're new here, welcome. The Instagram is at need to read, and you can keep up to date with everything that's going on on there. This week, we're talking about The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. Now, this is probably one of the most empowering books that I've ever read. It's by a guy called Vishen Lakiani. He's a Malaysian-born, Indian descent, resides in America, slash all around the world. He studied computer engineering when he was younger uh, in America, got a job at Microsoft and decided that he didn't want to work for Microsoft anymore and he wasn't being fulfilled. Then went and got a sort of a dull for your dollar job where he's working on the telephone, sales, stuff like that. Found like he, he wasn't really fulfilling his life so he became a meditation teacher. Throughout that journey, following various different paths, he's actually become one of the most successful entrepreneurs out there. Um, in terms of like the mindfulness space, he owns a company called Mind Valley. Uh, it's worth having a Google on that. There's a lot of like funky courses on that website centered around sort of self improvement. Now, the book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, I would firstly say that it is for everyone, but I know that there's going to be some people who might have their mind closed a little bit to this sort of line of thought. Now, the main thing in this book is that your brain is a really, really powerful tool. Now, I'm not going to come at you like I'm some sort of middle management at Carphone where uh, like positive thinking is, is a powerful tool, but it's not going to get you out of every scenario, of course. But the brain is very, very powerful. There was an experiment done, this is touched on in the book, where in America they took some like hotel cleaners they told one set of the hotel cleaners that all of their work was essentially their exercise and it was enough exercise. And they told the other set of cleaners, the sort of control group, nothing. They just let them get on believing that their work was just their work and the exercise was something that they were missing out on. Obviously, being a hotel cleaner, you're smashing through all those rooms every day. I don't know how many hotel rooms you can clean in a day, to be fair, but it's probably quite a few. They were told that their job is pretty much exercise what happened after about eight weeks 
is that those that were told that their job was exercise started losing a bit more weight. They started to feel a little bit healthier. All it took was they labelled their work as exercise, so they were then feeling like they got enough exercise. So your brain is powerful. That's not something um, that's really up for debate anymore. I think everyone um, does sort of know the power of your mind now. There's a lot of stuff about mindfulness, and I'm glad that that's coming more into like Western culture because it is a really powerful tool. Uh, your boys actually just hit 63 days in a row and about 58 hours of meditation, not in that 63 days, by the way. And I feel like it's benefited me in terms of I feel a lot calmer. I feel like my creativity has gone up. And there's lots of benefits. So if you aren't into meditation, you feel like you're a bit like, oh, that's a bit wishy-washy. I definitely give it a crack. There's apps like Headspace. Um, or if you want to go a little bit deeper in terms of consciousness and like really looking inwards, Sam Harris has an app called Waking Up, um, which is a great app but it does get pretty intense pretty quickly. So maybe start yourself off with something like Headspace, something like that. Now, back onto the book. Obviously, we've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. It's got loads of inspiring stories in there and loads of people who go against the grain. The whole idea that Vision sort of tries to encourage is going against the grain, that society hold us to a set of rules that essentially hold us back in a way. And he calls these rules brawls. So B, rules. And the B stands for bullshit. So the bullshit rules. So these bullshit rules come from your culture scape. Now, the culture scape is something he explains is within the area in which you live, whether that's dictated by a certain sort of religion or educational system, we're forced these rules all the way through our lives. We have to go and get a certain degree. We have to get a certain job. We have to do X by the time we're 21. We have to do X by the time... We're 30, we have to do Y by the time we're 25. There's loads of things that are dictated by society, which I certainly buy into the fact that they are bullshit rules. We're all individuals. We shouldn't just be given a set way to live our life and base our success based on what everyone else sort of thinks that is. They think that you have to work a nine to five or you have to do, have to be married with kids at a certain stage. I know so many people that like oh well I just want a relationship because like I'd love to have a kids by the time I'm 30 I mean I get it your body clock's ticking but you probably shouldn't feel the pressure coming from other people for when you want to have kids or get married or whatever it is everyone's telling you to do now before everyone thinks that I'm just one of those whack jobs that doesn't believe in the rules of society like obviously there are some rules that come out of society that are good now don't start thinking oh well it's a bullshit rule that we're not allowed to kill anyone because obviously like disregard some of the bullshit rules but just don't be a prick um in the meantime that that'll be my sort of main takeaway from it now having a look at beliefs and the rules that we sort of live by now he poses the idea that beliefs has have us as opposed to us having beliefs and they're sort of stuck and that if someone's telling you that they don't agree with the way that you live your life, all they're essentially saying is that their shackles from society are bigger than yours and that they don't agree with it because they can't see that there is a path out in terms of like freedom in the way that you live. So the beliefs that we have that are dictated by our culture scape, he calls these models of reality. And these are sort of hardwired into you. Now, 
on your phone, you obviously refresh your apps as much as the phone tells you to, which is, is actually pretty often. Whereas as people, we don't necessarily refresh ourselves that often and sort of just check if there's an up-to-date model in which we want to live by. So treat your beliefs a little bit like apps. Just have a look every now and then. Just be like, right, well, is this serving me well? Is this the way that I want to live? And do I feel that there's a better way that I could live? So if you're going to upgrade your system um, for living like an app, like think about it how you'd search for a new app like you've got the discovery stage like you can, you can hear about a new way then you research it you have a look through so you're not being rash think about like the refresh rate that you have so like how often are you going to change or quit or as opposed to saying quit think about it as just moving on from a certain set of beliefs that might actually just be holding you back now once you've done all that set yourself a little marker like right in a month i'm going to check in or in two months i'm going to check in and see how i'm getting on now that's that, that that's the introduction to the book essentially and there's a lot of inspiring stories where he's spoken to some of the sort of great minds of our generation like richard branson elon musk uh, tony robbins people like that he's got a pretty decent decent social circle around him um, when he goes on holiday to like Fiji with Tony Robbins or spends time on Necker Island or just has a pretty casual coffee with Elon Musk. They say you're a product of the five people you spend most time with. So Elon Musk, Richard Branson, Tony Robbins, not a bad group really. I wouldn't mind being a product of those three people. Imagine it, you got Elon Musk's intelligence, Richard Branson's island, and Tony Robbins' fucking massive hands. It'd be sick. I'm sure there's a lot better things about their lives than that, but I'll take Elon Musk's brain over anything. Or maybe it's a bit too busy. Who knows? That's what I was thinking about. Would you swap it all to have Elon Musk's brain, or would you feel like it would be a burden to be that intelligent? That's worth a thought. But back to the book. There's... Essentially, this whole book is essentially a blueprint of how to live a better life. So I know I said at the start that this book will be for some and not for others. But if you want to come into it with an open mind and actually improve on your life, then it's definitely a good place to start. Especially if you're kind of on the fence of whether you want to live by the rules that society set you or or not essentially and you want to lead a happier life on your own on your own rules obviously without hurting people one of my favorite parts of the books he actually teamed up with a guy um called john butcher and he founded this thing called life book and he says that there's 12 steps of your life sort of 12 dimensions in your life that you need to be able to sort of have control over and make assessments on to improve your overall life now to list those off there's your love and your relationship. So like, are you happy and single? Or are you in a relationship and happy? Or are you single and unhappy or in a relationship and unhappy? Just check in on those. So like your social life as well. That's the second one. Do you have friends? Do you want friends? Do you want less friends? Do you want more friends? Financial. Is the financial side of life something that you really value highly? Have you got a lot of money and you're really happy? You've got no money and you're very unhappy? Or have you got no money and you're pretty happy anyway? And you've got the quality of life. So are you doing fun stuff? Are you sort of going on holiday? Are you are you 
doing hobbies you got health and fitness don't need to explain that one are you able to meet the demands of your environment would you prefer to be a little bit fitter your intellect is the big one do you read do you educate yourself do you feel that since you've left school or education that you've stopped necessarily moving forward and that you're lacking a little bit of that sort of continuous development you got the emotional are you sad are you happy are you able to handle emotional situations you got your spiritual life don't turn off the podcast but are you meditating do you feel a sort of connection with the universe um in a certain way you've then got your career are you career driven are you not necessarily career division driven do you get your fulfillment from elsewhere and then you've got your character which i would just put this down as like are you a prick or not it's always best not to be so just try hard not to be one and then you've got your family life so like do you have good sort of family um around you do you feel like your family connections could be better? And then the final one is your life vision. Do you feel optimistic about the future? Do you have goals and do you feel like you have a purpose? That's a big one. I feel like for a long time in my life, I didn't really feel like I had a life vision, as it were. I wasn't particularly optimistic about the future. I mean, I wasn't dreading it, but I wasn't excited to get up. I didn't really feel like I had not, oh God, now I sound like I'm really sad, but just not anything really to get up and go for. Not like you're not contributing what you want to do, especially if you sort of hold sort of relatively high standards for yourself. Do you feel like you're letting life get away from you a little bit and you feel like you could be doing a bit more? It's really interesting. Have a look at the um, John Butcher. If you type that in on Google, you can have a look at the 12 steps. He's actually teamed up with Vishen um, on Mind Valley and has got a course in there. I'm not selling it. It looks like it's probably a bit expensive and I'm sure you could find it all for free um, on the internet or you can buy this book and have a read around it. Um, but essentially it's it's life mastery. It's how you can get a better life. And apparently John is living proof of the power of life book. On his website, there's a picture of him at 29, year old, 29 years old and a picture of him at 49 years old. And weirdly, it looks absolutely no different. So, I mean, if he's mastering these 12, 12 steps and, and he looks the exact same 20 years later, hold tight Photoshop probably on that one, he's doing something right. Now, obviously, we've spoken about the sort of rules of society and the ones that you don't agree with and you decide on which ones you don't agree with. We're going back to the power of the brain. Now, there's... A concept in this book called discipline, which is, uh, I mean, not to insult your intelligence, guys, but that's the words bliss and discipline merged together. Now, a life of discipline is essentially one that's calm, you feel content, and you're essentially thankful for life, which is a, probably quite a nice way to be. Now, two big factors in this is gratitude and forgiveness. So, Gratitude, if you write down every morning three things that you're grateful for, now that could literally be how your coffee tastes in the morning, the fact that you slept well in the night, the fact that you didn't piss the bed, that could be something that's big for you. It doesn't matter what you're grateful for, however big or small, if you write down three to five things every morning, there's studies that show that will lead to 25% increase in happiness. Now, I'm not sure how happiness is quantified, but 25% is a risk I'm willing to take, and I've actually been writing down things I'm grateful for for a while. I'm big on sort of journaling and stuff like that. And it's definitely something that I would advise implementing for essentially anyone. Um, just three to five things every day, just write it down on the journal. 
write down in the notebook. It takes pretty much no effort at all. It'll be less than a minute. And it gets easier as time goes on because you do feel like you're a little bit more grateful for things. Now, forgiveness as well. There is power in forgiveness, and I say this all the time, and it's something that does take some practice. Um, but like, if you're hung up on something someone has said or something has done, you're only hurting yourself, essentially. Like, it, the other person might not be bothered at all. You might be holding something against someone, and they don't even think about it. So who's the fool at the end of there? Now, my mum said this to me. Someone... Someone did something a bit shit to me last year and I was talking to my mum about it and she was like, well, how do you feel about person? I was like, yeah, feel pretty strongly about them. She was like, okay, so do you want to be right or happy? And I was like, ah, oh, well, I suppose I probably want to be happy really, although being right is obviously a great thing to be, but it's that righteous mind of like, I'm right, you're wrong. You should live a certain way because you've upset me. It actually only leads to you being upset um there's a lot about sort of forgiveness there's on the sam harris app that i mentioned earlier the med um, meditation you've got meta meditation it's a loving kindness meditation um stems from india really powerful and it's about sort of loving people around the world once again not to get too wishy-washy but it's a very powerful thing and you feel almost liberated when you can actually fully say right i forgive you to whatever person and even maybe yourself if you feel like you haven't forgiven yourself for something that you've done in the past, just give it a go. Tell yourself you love yourself and tell yourself that you forgive yourself because like, that's that's the best way to be. You can't help anyone until you've forgiven yourself or are at peace with yourself. The Dalai Lama said, who can you help if you're unhappy? And that's true. If you're unhappy, unhappy and you're trying to help everyone else and fill up everyone else's cup... You're probably only pouring more out of your own cup and in a couple of weeks you're going to probably hit a wall and be pretty sad. Now, obviously this book is called The Coding of the Extraordinary Mind. So at some stage, he goes on about being extraordinary, which it would be a nice place to be. He has a phrase and it's called unfuckwithable. Now, just means that people can't fuck with you. People can't get in your head. You're, to quote Bruce Lee, you're like water what happens in the world or what happens to you it doesn't affect you and it doesn't stray you off the path um that you're on yourself which is quite a nice it's a nice word i've never seen it before pretty sure he made it up you now know it i know it it would be a nice goal to be able to sort of achieve is, is being unfuckwithable now i don't want to ruin the book for you i feel like i've explained quite a bit in there but now, at risk of me waffling on for hours about how good the book is and certain parts that I loved and certain parts that I liked, I just want to give you a sort of an overview. Now, I'm not going to say a brief overview because it's probably not going to be brief, but this is probably one of the most empowering books that I've ever read. The whole journey you follow his life, and it's not in an autobiograph autobiographical sense, it's just his way of storytelling and he's been through it all he's been through highs and he's been through lows and he lists off all the jobs that he had prior to becoming the ceo of mind valley his very successful business that he owns now and, and being a successful author there was a lot of jobs in there and i was like yeah do you know what my guy i can relate to that i've had quite a few jobs or i've wanted to have quite a few jobs my sort of passions 
previously have varied from day to day and they still do whereas books something that seems to be something that's quite consistent for me there's definitely other things that i'm passionate about one day and not the next and what you have to do is follow your intuition when a passion comes up because it might just end up being your calling or your sort of quest in life so when we're talking about that life vision earlier on those 12 sort of dimensions of your life to improve having a life vision goes alongside your quest or your calling i mean i'm gonna go ahead and say it i feel like talking about books to people might just be my calling i feel like it's something that i wouldn't mind doing this on a weekly basis for the long-term foreseeable future touching on calling and quests so for you the listener i've got three questions that might prompt a response and it might prompt no response at all but in the book he touched on these three questions that help people find their calling or their quest and their sort of path to becoming extraordinary so question one is when have you felt heaven on earth when have you been in a bliss sort of state of do you know what this is how i want to live my life now that the second question is imagine you've got a magic wand and you can create this world for yourself what does that look like for you and the third question is what steps can you do over the next 24 hours concrete steps to help you attain that goal or help you get to that vision now you might not have had a response to those questions but it might be worth revisiting them in six months because there's no right time for you to have a calling or have a quest or find out what it is you want to do in life it will just come to you and you've just got to trust your sort of intuitions when it does and follow the passion when it pops up last year i decided i wanted to be a jiu-jitsu photographer so i followed it and i tried for a bit turns out i didn't actually want to be a jiu-jitsu photographer i just wanted to be around jiu-jitsu and i was injured at the time but at least i've ticked something off that i know that i don't really want to do in life and i've done that with loads of things and i suggest that people do the same i wouldn't want people to let's use vishen's wording follow brules and not follow any sort of passion you see people all the time they make their own business and instantly these people are happier but no one takes note of that no one actually is like oh do you know what oh that person has just made their business they're following their passion they're really happy i'm passionate about this but i suppose i better still go to work or i suppose i should just do what everyone else is doing this book's going to give you the confidence to follow your passion or follow whatever your dream is or try and find that out as well like there's a lot of self sort of exploration within this book which is really really interesting and it's the kind of deep work that i feel everyone needs to do anyway sit there with a notepad if you're reading this book or you're listening to this book and just write down whatever comes in your head because you might be surprised you might just have the best idea you've ever had now quick overview be unfuckwithable live a disciplined life this book is sick I can't really criticise it. I wish I could. I can criticise the fact that I read it on a Kindle. I'd have preferred to have the physical book so I could draw all over it. But I had to write notes on the Kindle, which is a bit annoying. 
but yeah it's definitely one that i'm going to recommend so it's called the code of the extraordinary mind and it's by vishen lakiani have a look at mind valley on the old tinternet see if there's any courses that tickle your fancy if there is a course that tickle your fancy um check out and see if you can get it free anywhere else or if you can watch youtube videos on that person um or buy their book um but yeah great book i was really impressed with it he's got a new book out that's just come out this week called the buddha and the badass i'm going to be buying that and i'm going to read that within the next few weeks and i'll be back for another review on that now obviously before we go we got a little bit of a stoic thought of the week uh this has come back this is actually coming from daily stoic last week it was not from daily stoic can't remember what it was from but last week's in the past doesn't really matter if you really want to know what it is go and have a listen to the previous episode if you haven't already so the stoic thought of the week this week comes from man like epictetus from discourses his book and it says when children stick their hand down a narrow goody jar they can't get their full fist out and start crying drop a few treats and you'll get it out curb your desire don't set your heart on so many things and you'll get what you need now we all know to want is to suffer if you want too much if you're greedy you're never going to be happy you're always chasing too much so what this quote is about is about letting letting go when you're trying to get too much from life let go of a few things and happiness will ensue i think that's pretty important that's the end of this episode thank you very much for listening find us on instagram at a need to read find us on facebook at a need to read now if you go onto the instagram and you click on the little link in my bio you can get a link to the book club that i'm starting from the first of july and you can get a link to goodreads where you can keep up to date with everything that i'm reading if you don't have time to visit the podcast and you want to check which book i'm reading if you're going to be interested in the next podcast have a look at that because then you'll see it all and you'll see everything i've read so far and i even chuck a couple little reviews up there as and when i can be bothered which uh i will start doing more so go follow me on goodreads follow on instagram follow on facebook if you've liked the podcast give it a share tell your mum tell your auntie tell your uncle get them into it let's make reading cool for everyone make it accessible and give everyone a little bit of time to develop their brains and make them bigger that's been a need to read have a good one <laughs>